Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to you here on a Friday afternoon. It's good to have you along. We got we got a great show thanks to the never-ending news cycle that is Kyrie Irving. Oh my gosh, he is a gift that just keeps on giving. The Nets are back, everybody. Like, not back as a franchise, just back to being chaotic. Kyrie wants to be traded. I don't even know if that qualifies as a Woj bomb at this point. The winter of discontent continues in Brooklyn. Hi, Ray. Yeah, it's a grenade at best. I don't think it's a bomb. And it was utterly predictable given the fact that about a week ago, his mother, who also serves as one of his agents, essentially said, the ball's in the Nets court now, meaning where's this contract extension? Because he wants a max. Why would anybody give that constant migraine headache a max extension? He's a very good basketball player undone by the human being he has chosen to be. Oh, yeah, that's why none of this... I mean, this is a, a fairly benign request for most people. Oh, we're not going to see eye-to-eye on a contract, then please move me to a team that will. But with Kyrie, it all comes with all the baggage. You know, both past and anticipated future. So, you know, nobody's going to look at this and go, oh, it's just the guy who wants to get more money. It's, oh my God, this again. And that's what we're looking at. It just, the Nets, who are going to have a hard time getting out of the East anyway, they can either trade Kyrie and ruin their chances completely of getting to an NBA final, or they can keep him. He'll be miserable. At the end of the year, he leaves. And then Kevin Durant wants to be traded again, in which case they also don't get an NBA final. They're screwed every way you can do this. Whether or not they accommodate Kyrie in this particular moment the single biggest call coming into the Brooklyn Nets front office is so what's Kevin Durant think about all this like the news that Kyrie wants a trade request has turned more into well what does Kevin think about that than any real true interest in Kyrie Irving uh when you know what break glass in case of emergency Nick Friedel in case of Nets emergency and we'll talk some NBA trade deadline with our good friend Nick Friedel, who was just in with us, what, a week or two ago? We're going to get him back on the phone today to talk about the latest coming out of Brooklyn. Steve Kerr live at 5, talking about the latest road trip that saw the Warriors go 1-2 and two on their three-game trip. The uh, Denver Nuggets are now 17-0 and this season when Jokic has a triple-double. So, you know, if they just did that all the time, if he just did that all the time, they might be undefeated. But, man, they're good. And a game that the Warriors, you know, put their mostly best foot forward to win a game that they were in in the first half just crumbled on them in a third quarter where the Denver Nuggets came out and did to the Warriors in the third quarter what they used to do to opponents in the third. Well, but the other thing was in the first half, the Nuggets shot 58%. So it wasn't like the Warriors were putting themselves in a good position as it was. I mean, the third quarter basically was just the realization of what they were already hinting at especially in the second quarter, which is when they couldn't get a stop to save their lives. So 
it just reminds you one the warriors used to be able to bail bail themselves out of very difficult spots by just coming out in the third quarter and blitzing people now the blitzing's on the other on the other foot and they don't have answers for that it's a fascinating NBA season playing out in front of us, and we are less than a week away from the trade deadline, something else we're going to be talking about with Nick Ferdell when he joins us at 345, and we will try to peek behind Steve Kerr's curtain as much as he will allow us to. Actually got some minutes from James Wiseman in the box score last night. First time he's played in over a month. We'll see what Steve thought of that. Obviously, it wasn't the road trip they wanted it to be. The Warriors just don't want to see overtime. This is nuts. They're 1-3 and three in overtime this season and 2-17 and 17 over their last five seasons in overtime. That is just that's an odd number from a team that has had so much success. It really is something They're contractually else. required to play 48, and they play 48. It, it, yeah, no more than that, I guess. Uh, we have quite a bit to talk about. We got some 49ers news to talk about. I mean, I don't know if there's actual moving pieces of news, but some theories that we need to get into. They need to improve in their own locker room before they even need to go out and draft well and spend smartly in free agency. And we'll talk about who needs to make those improvements. Obviously, uh, all final uh, career evaluations of Tom Brady need to come in. I got a fascinating Tom Brady gambling note, Ray. If what's the old saying? Uh, good coaches win, great coaches cover. It's amazing how often Tom Brady, if you want to factor in what he did against the spread into his career, he is the absolute king. Uh, the man who claims to be the king of the NBA, LeBron James, obviously is always a hot talking point in the world of sports because you can't say LeBron James without somebody Instantly running to a microphone to tell you why Michael Jordan was better. And look, I understand. I, I used to be one of those people. I am forever grateful as a sports fan that I got to see Michael Jordan's career up close with my own two eyes in the era that it was played and in the context that it was played in. The myth-making of Michael Jordan is an industry unto itself. It is a myth that is as close to reality as a lot of sports myths allow you to get he truly 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 was that good lebron is better it's just the way it is right now it's lebron is better you know one-on-one -on -one individually well it's not a one-on-one -on -one sport so I'm, I'm i've never tried to look at this through the prism of if you were playing a game of one-on-one -on -one. i don't care about that what i care about is raw stats data longevity commitment and lebron beats jordan in those departments you know somebody here on the xfinity mobile text line when i was talking about this with steiny and guru saying that you know jordan might even be the better player but lebron has officially had the better career somebody says damon's flat out wrong the guy's stats are padded over longevity yeah longevity is not a demerit that you can apply to this conversation. It is a merit. Longevity is the, the outlying difference between a guy who is so thoroughly dedicated himself to the sport of basketball, he's playing with prime career numbers in year 20 of his career. Michael Jordan, at one point in his career, became so disinterested in basketball, he quit the sport. Like, you know, you, you, it's hard to maintain the he's the greatest ever if he quit the sport. And I don't even think that that would be a good argument to make, but it's out there. LeBron James is already the fourth leading assist man in the history of basketball. He is about to become the all-time leading scorer in the sport. Folks, I understand you got some warm, fuzzy freaking memories Rightfully so of Michael Jordan. I have them too. Don't let your memories blind you to the fact that the man who has scored the most points assisted on, on, on the fourth most assists in NBA history is playing like an MVP candidate at age 38 in year 20. It's extraordinary. Somebody's taken 20 games off a year. This guy does not take 20 games off a year. LeBron, he got old at the end, he's old right now, and he's still unbelievable. He's unbelievable. 
Somebody's like, well, one guy went to college and the other didn't. Doesn't matter. So we're not talking about that. When did you start in the NBA? What'd you do in the NBA? When did your career end in the NBA? That's how we're evaluating these guys. LeBron James's career is unbesmirchable. That's it. That's it. You know, I don't like what he did with Jim Gray. We're not talking about the color of the car. We're talking about the horsepower under the hood. The horsepower that LeBron James has is unreal under his hood. There's no complaint for either guy. I mean, that's where I've stood the whole time. The argument about who's better than whom is always eye of the beholder. Because for everybody who will look at LeBron James's raw numbers, there will be somebody who will point to Jordan's six rings. It's a nonsensical argument for me because if they want to be one and one A... Or maybe two and two A if you want to put somebody else in front of both of them, fine. The fact is, the only way you can really evaluate the NBA, to my way of thinking, was who was the dominant figure in their in the entirety of their careers? And there are six of those guys. These are these are the last two of them. Take that and be happy. That way you don't have to have an argument with anybody at the tavern. You can buy each other a beer and get drunk together. Somebody says here, Damon, you know, forget it. It's the load management era. Yeah. An era has nothing to do with the individual. It's the era the individual is playing in. What, what do you want me to say? We can only be a product of our time. And LeBron James is one of the most perfect products of any time any athlete has ever spent plying his trade in the sport. He's amazing. I mean, again, I guess they'd how, rather have him play hurt. How short must you truly be if you need to cut LeBron legs off so he appears a little bit shorter? I just I don't understand it. There's, there's no reason to. Someone's like, well, I really don't care about the scoring title. Okay. Well, then, if you don't think that the most amount of points ever scored in a game where we're constantly tracking, hey, who had 20? Who averaged 30? Did anyone have 40 tonight? Who dropped a 50-burger? If scoring doesn't matter to you, that is an incredibly unique perspective. Congratulations on seeing basketball through a matrix I could never see it through. Scoring, I think, does matter. A well, scout. It all matters. Of course. That's the whole point. It just and, But you made an interesting point, which was... Seeing seeing the sport through a matrix, I can't see it through. There are a bunch of ways to look at basketball. And that's one of the reasons why the sport works. Because it doesn't always just have to be math. You can appreciate guys for things that aren't math. That's how people still enjoy watching Draymond Green play. Our, uh, our guests are going to join us today, Ray, on the Bud Light guest line. We've got Nick Friedle at 345, Steve Kerr live at 5. This Valentine's Day, think about picking up a little something at the... San Francisco Gift and Jewelry Center. Over 75 showrooms in one location. The SF Gift and Jewelry Center has gifts for every single budget. So this Valentine's Day, you can give uh, a big diamond energy. Oh, that's terrible. Who wrote that? God, stop it. Uh, go ahead. 888-Brandon Street in San Francisco. Shop online at sfgcim.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Podcast. all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash Podcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Podcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. Red and gold reaction all week long, brought to you by SF Sheriff's Office. Your future begins here. Visit sfsheriff.com today and apply. Uh, I don't think we can go ahead, Ray, and before the end of today's show, fix the 49ers' entire offseason for them. And I'm sure we're not going to be able to fix officiating either, but I want us to take a crack at it at some point here today. A little wish list we would put together to fix some NFL officiating. And then we need to go ahead and basically offer up to the NFL uh, the fact that, you know, even though this league has never been under a more intense medical microscope, all their efforts to make the game safer have completely, emphatically failed them. So it's the time to just go back to playing some football. We're going to get into all of that today here. Uh, Nick Ferdell in about a half an hour from now. Steve Kerr at 5 o'clock. In the meantime, we got a lot to talk about just in terms of the NBA, all the news that is around us. LeBron, 63 points behind Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Again, I am not going to uh, enter into a sequence of debating text messages. You want to call in because you think you got something brave and bright to say? We'll talk to you, but I'm not going to be talking to text messages, 888-957-9570, and really the most qualified person in North America to maybe weigh in on LeBron versus Jordan joins us at 5 o'clock when Steve Kerr comes on by a little bit later on today, and we got to talk about the road trip. That was, that was, uh, that was a frustrating one, Ray, because they, they went for two games that they might have punted on earlier in the year under other circumstances. They went for two games. Clay didn't play in Denver, but uh, they wanted both of those games, the overtime in Minnesota and then last night in Denver where, thanks to Jokic taking over a game, things just got way away from them in the third. Well, I mean, he's good at everything, you know, and I thought the game changed in the third quarter when they had a couple of back cuts, um, one that led to a layup, but then about three more where, because we got back cut, or the weak side of our defense pulled in, and then they, they made shots on the weak side, and so literally every time he has the ball, everybody's a threat. Your entire defense has to be engaged. And uh, one thing leads to another. The threat of his back cut passes opens up somebody from the weak side. He's so good at finding um, anybody on the floor at any time. And then when the shot clock's winding down, he just softly drops in a 17-footer and nothing you can do about it. So obviously great, great player. There's a reason he's two-time MVP and, you know, obviously a front-runner for a third. I mean, got clinicked last night. The man is a walking, low-post basketball clinic in terms of shooting, passing, and just playing. He's brilliant. He really is. No, he's he's the best player in basketball in terms of the one thing that matters the most. How do you get the rest of your teammates to play at close to their best and win the game? I mean, he's better at that than, quite frankly, I think anybody else. I mean, he, he's not the best individual, but he would be the guy that, if you wanted to start from scratch, 
I'd go with him on the theory that I could find decent players around him that he would make dramatically better. I mean, it's a, it's a short list. It's a short wish list. Giannis. Durant. When Dur- he's healthy. Durant when healthy. Um, Curry. Curry, of course, but just based on age is, you know, sort of out of the who would you start a title no. with? You know, okay, but who I, would you but start your, your team with at this point? But so I was just talking, if I was going to own a team for like just one year, I mean, I'm just talking about the best people to make everybody around them better. Luca. Although the accusation no, Luke, he doesn't make yeah. anyone better has been thrown at him. He just he's he's good enough by himself to drag an entire franchise to a Western Conference Finals. Um his problem is we don't know how good he is at that because the guys around him aren't very good. Somebody says he's seven foot tall Larry Bird. It's not bad. I believe one of the stats I thought I saw last night is that he already has more assists than any other seven footer in the history of basketball. Like he's already the best passing big man of all time. I don't know if that's right or not. Maybe maybe I just pop that up on well, Twitter. Well, I don't know that assists were counted for the entirety of, of uh, Chamberlain's career because well, he was a great assist man as well. So I don't whatever know. whatever whatever it is. And whatever it is. Stat. I mean, he's a, all you have to do is watch him for twenty minutes. You don't have to watch a whole game. You'll you'll get the feel. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero Ray, not my Ray, another Ray in San Ramon. Hello, Ray. You're on ninety five seven. The game. Uh, how's it going, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Um, I uh, you know I got the news this morning, obviously with the Kyrie request. Um, first of all, I wanted to get your guys' perspective. How many GMs do you think are willing to roll the dice on Kyrie Irving? Number one. Um, number two, I wanted to see if you guys think a possible reunion with LeBron is plausible with Kyrie. And uh, third point I wanted to make uh, was, do you think KD should go back to OKC? Do you think that might be a good option for KD? <laughs> uh, let me know, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, let's take them backwards. I don't know how Kevin Durant is going to make Oklahoma City better or them make him better Although all that young talent around him could could maybe work out great, I, I it's not going to happen. It's it's just not happening. Uh, the reuniting of Kyrie and LeBron, I think that that is something the two of them would want. And the first part of the question was, I don't remember. <laughs> Anyone else? Do you guys? What was the first part of that question? Oh, just was it just just about like Kyrie. Where does it where does it go from here? Yeah, no, I I started focusing on the Laker thing because I think that's a non-starter from the Brooklyn end. I mean, the the Lakers would love to have him, but the Lakers don't have anything to offer the Nets that would help convince Kevin Durant to stay. I mean, I kept hearing you know, well, you Thomas Bryant and Russell Westbrook and two firsts. The firsts don't do uh, Durant any good because, you know, they're like 27 and 29. Right. And that's going to be after he's actually done playing. And I think the Nets, their most important thing now, whether they keep Irving or not, is to do their damnedest to keep Durant. Because if they don't keep Durant, the whole thing collapses anyway. I mean, look, the whole thing has collapsed with him. So either way, it ain't going to work. At least you got something something to sell to the completely disinterested in your franchise public that are the Brooklyn Nets fans. Uh, y- yes. Yeah, by the way, the first part of Ray's question was how many GMs across the league would be willing oh. to potentially take on Kyrie? Yeah, that was the, that was a very good part of the question. Four or five. There's always four or five who would do it. Whether they'd have the permission to do it, I don't know. But the, the, the alluring talent in this player is enough to make even smart people a little crazy. Oh, no, I think there'd be about 20 general managers who would want to do it, but about four owners. I think that's the difference because they've seen the headache that that uh, Irving has provided both in Boston and in Brooklyn. And they're going, I'm not signing up for that because above, above and beyond everything else, there's no guarantee that he'd stay with your team. People were talking about Toronto because they look like they're in a selling mode. You know, they could put Fred Van Vliet and you know OGN and OB in a pile with draft choices. But 
if I'm Masayu Jerry, the general manager in Toronto, I'm going, Kyrie Irving's not going to play up here. There's no chance. He's going to leave the first chance he gets, so why would I do that deal? I mean, the only way that a deal for Kyrie Irving makes sense for anybody is if he agrees to the long-term deal, and then you've got to give him the max to make him happy. And who wants to give him the max? No one. I mean, you... The max should be reserved not just for the person who has basically earned it based on skills, but has earned it based on loyalty, based on a level of trustworthiness. There is no amount of, this could be a problem, that Kyrie doesn't take all the way to its worst possible version of this could be a problem every single time he stumbles around. I mean, you know, from... From questioning medicine, to questioning religion, to questioning just, you know, it's, it, there is no element of him that is ever easy to deal with. And at some point, your amount of talent becomes dwarfed by the amount of pain of ass that comes with your amount of talent. Well, and also, the, all those things that you mentioned ended up impacting the number of games he played. So now you've got a guy who, exemplary talent though he is, you can't be sure that you're going to get 65 games from him. And I'm even counting the 17 load-managed games that everybody gets now. You have no guarantee that if you give him the max, you're going to get remotely close to max return. When he plays, you will. But how often will he play? And I think that's the other thing that that owners, more than general managers, are going to be very skittish about. We go to Ricky in San Jose. Hello, Ricky. You're on with Damon and Ratto. Good afternoon, guys. How are you guys doing? Very well, thanks. Yeah, I think um, I think we're being a little overcritical on uh, on the Warriors standing right now. I think we're in a really, really good place for all the changes that we've had. We've had Steph, our leader. If pretty much any player loses their number one. Um, option. They're going to struggle. Um, we've changed our entire lineup. We have three players under 21 that are in the lineup and trying to incorporate within the team. We lost Gary Payne, which is a stable core to our team, replaced him with Dante. And we've had so many moving pieces for us to only be six games away from second place halfway through the season with Steph's injuries. I feel like we're being way overcritical on that. Well, you know, I think Maybe a part of you is right, but we're only holding them to the standards they set for themselves. You know, we, we, we hold the Warriors' feet to the fire because they asked us to, with a degree of excellence that has turned them into a modern sports dynasty. Let's see what they do here. You know, we, we definitely have hurled, I don't even think it's an insult, it's... It's a matter-of-fact, apropos description of who they are right now. The most insulting thing that you can say about the Warriors is they're jump shooters. They're a jump-shooting team. I was just talking about this a couple days ago. Steiny was talking about it during the crossover today. They're a jump-shooting team. Here is the nicest compliment you can give the Warriors. The single nicest compliment available to them this year, Ray, is simply this. They're pretty good at home. They are. They're a good home team. They win 76% of their home games. That's it, though. I mean, that's the one thing that they have done consistently and competently throughout the entire year. Everything else is just they're a, they're a, they're a mid basketball team, and you can't be more mid than a perfectly five hundred record that they got. I mean, it's they're they're frustrating, but they're still thanks to the overall apathy that has drifted into every single NBA locker room and turned this league into a group of teams that don't pull away from each other, they're still in it. They're still in it through almost no fault of their own. Yeah, they're a game and a half out of fourth. They're a game and a half out of 13th. They're just, they're, 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 they're a team. That's all you can say about them. They're a basketball team. Yeah. The Warriors exist. are an NBA team. They will definitely play 82 games. That's 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 it. That's the only those the only thing you can guarantee because their 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 greatest attribute of all of them for most of this run was that you knew what you were going to get from them night in and night out. I mean, they might miss shots, they might shoot horribly and lose, 
but they never played horribly because they they didn't defend or that they kept out of foul trouble or all the little things that Steve Kerr harps about all the time. They are now that team that if they don't shoot well, they can they can get they can get hammered. You know, I mean they're giving up 118 a game. I mean that as damning a number as there is, you know, in their whole line. You know, 118 is a preposterous number. You know, that that's that's what the Lakers give up. You know, I mean that that's what the Hornets give up. And that's not who these guys are and that's why I think people are critical of them because the thing that made them great is a a mind over matter thing called defense. And now it's a now it's matter over mind. You can't give up 118 a game and take yourself seriously as a playoff contender. I mean, maybe there's even a little modern NBA scoring math of a sliding curve there to maybe 118 is sort of weirdly acceptable these days because teams are scoring out their wazoos every single time you look up. But it's just the constant parade of self-inflicted wounds. The constant parade of three-point shots, which by definition, if you are, if you have taken the most three-point shots in basketball, to me, by definition, you're having a subpar season. You are overly relying on that to be who you want to be, which means you're not nearly who you need to be down low and inside the lane. You got to get to the rim to be taken seriously. You got to in this league. And they're the least two-point shootingest team in all of basketball. But they are a good home team. Again, they've won 76% of their home games, and four of their next five are at Chase Center. So hopefully in a week where they're officially, you know, here it is. Turn things around. The trade deadline is Thursday next week. If you're going to do something, it is time to do it, or this is who you are. We'll see. They got Dallas on Saturday, and Luka is a big maybe for that game all of a sudden. And as much as that might hurt the value of actually going to that game or having it on national television, the, the, the Golden State Warriors aren't looking for any degree of difficulty or fancy marquee, we're playing our star against their star magic. They need wins. They need home wins. They got to stack them any way they can. So hopefully they beat Dallas on Saturday. They've got Oklahoma City on Monday night. They're at Portland on Wednesday. The Lakers come to Chase Center the Saturday before the Super Bowl. And then Washington is here on February 13th, the day before Valentine's Day. And Ray and I are going out on a sweet little date together. I'm going to get you a box of chocolates. Stop doing that. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. I mean, you're, you're going to have a lovely me, Valentine's Day. You're going to make me throw up right here in the wastebasket. We're going to have a lovely Valentine's Day. Damn it. Are you pretending to be married to me all of a sudden? Oh, I'm not pretending. This is real. This is happening. Jesus. <laughs> Nick Ferdell is real and spectacular. He's happening at 345 today. Steve Kerr joins us at 5 o'clock. As well, this is Carlos in Vallejo. What's going on, Carlos? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I'm a first-time caller. Uh, but you guys asked a question about officiating and how we can change rules. And I don't know if you guys watched the World Cup, like everyone else. Every billion people watched it. Um, but they implemented a great technology with their ball and where the position of the ball was, the speed, where it landed, or how far the players were uh, from the outside rule. I think it would be a great uh, technology to Im implement on our football uh, for, like, you know, first down or, you know, what hurt our 49ers when the ball actually hits the ground and bounces back in a certain way. Uh, the technology is there, and I feel like we are losing out on fair games uh, when it comes to this. I don't know. What do you guys think? Carlos, thank you very much for the call. So would you believe me if I told you that there's already a microchip inside of every single football in the NFL? Because there is. Yeah. There's already a data tracking microchip in every single football in the NFL used in a regular season or postseason game, not just this year, but in the years leading up to this year. 
part of this technology, though, is not the new VAR. What is that? The, the, is it, what's what's it called? No, video assisted replay. Okay, video assisted it's like replay. Re, it's just replay, right? That has come to soccer has yet to come to football that dramatically. But I do believe it's on its way. I do believe it's on its way now. Whether or not down and distance can be determined with this, they still don't have. I believe I, the, the article that I read about it was that the the data tracking in this microchip can get you within like six or seven inches of where the ball is supposed to be, which is enough to mean that that's not good or close enough to be the way we're deciding is that a first down or not. This is more of a rotation, data tracking, uh, distance carried uh, GPS than it is an actual way to go out and spot the ball. But it's coming. I mean, there's no doubt. More technology needs to come to football if we can't get the human eyeballs right on it. And truthfully, spotting the ball is the least of the NFL's problems. They're actually awfully good at that. Yeah. Um, I think what we're talking about is, you know, just why the rules are as convoluted as they are. Why are they applied the way they are? And why is, you know, one one person's judgment different than somebody else's with the same set of circumstances? And some of this you can't get around unless you just want to have, you know, 15 people in 15 booths in Secaucus, New York, you know, essentially officiating every game. Because football, I mean, there's cheating on every play and there's cheating in multiple places on every play. It's just it is the nature of the sport. The question, though, is really what can the NFL do to make what is perceived to be a problem less of a problem? Well, and I don't know if you want to get into this. Well, we have to break anyway, but look at you paying attention to the clock. And oh, the you have no idea how guessed. hard I pay attention to no, I mean, to just, the clock. you know, like, like, like actual moments where we need to do business. I'm very proud Two of you. Two hours and 18 minutes. I told you I was wearing off on you. The coaching, it's helping. You're wearing me off. That's right. What we have is Nick Ferdell joining us in just a little bit. We'll be talking about the NBA, the latest with Kyrie, the trade deadline, all things Warriors with our good friend Nick Ferdell coming up in just a little bit. But we will absolutely have our fixing NFL officiating wish list and a little truth telling on all the protections that the NFL has created to make the game safer. It hasn't worked at all. As a matter of fact, the game's never been more dangerous. So what the hell are we doing? All of that is coming up this afternoon, including a Hey, How Are You? with Steve Kerr live at five and all guests join us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Damon and Ratto also brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking, no compromises. Nick Ferdell joins us next. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. We will have more red and gold reaction brought to you by Zenny, the official eyewear of the 49ers. Shop over 3,000 styles at 80% off retail prices exclusively at Zenny.com. But we're talking a little NBA right here and now with our pal Nick Ferdell joining us on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. And I'm just guessing that uh, although he has created you know, another headache for you here, Nick, it's a lot easier to cover a team that is forever interesting than one that might not be my gosh there is never a day off with the brooklyn nets even when it looked like a few were coming your way no dice Kyrie is always good for copy david i've never seen anything like it <laughs> i've really never seen anything like it i went to dinner or excuse me i went to lunch with my mom and i got off the subway and i got into my apartment and boom you know, the rest of the day is is gone. But you take this in what I do and what we do every single time over a boring team. It's just that once again, when you think that everything is kind of calm around this Nets group and that things have stabilized and, all right, you get Kevin Durant back in the second half and you see what happens, once again, there is drama. And the Nets have nobody to blame in this sense, besides themselves, because they knew what had occurred last year. They knew what was possible if you tried to bring Kyrie and Kevin back and see what happened. Uh, 
and now we're a few days away from the trade deadline, and it's happened again. Uh, given the fact that Kyrie's mom, who also I think doubles as his agent or at least one of them, had said last week that the ball was in Brooklyn's court, re uh, a, ma- a new max extension for him. Was this as predictable as it seems now with hindsight? Absolutely, Rick. And I can't tell you how many people <laughs> after that story came out. It was, it was my old friend and colleague, Chris Haynes, who had talked to Kyrie's stepmom, who's also his agent. And the story hits, and people in the organization are like, huh? Where is this coming from? Uh, right now, especially, because uh, Kyrie really had developed strong relationships in the locker room. I mean, that, that's not a joke. Like, these guys genuinely like him. Uh, and especially without Kevin Durant, he had stepped up. He was playing really, really well. And you saw that story and you went, what? Right now? This this is going to happen? So the seeds were planted for what happened today, a week and a half ago. When that story came out, looking back, absolutely. It was only a matter of time. And now here we are because the Nets wanted to wait. I'm sure they still want to wait and see what happens over the course of the next few months and and if he can maintain this level and everything off the floor goes well but now they're trying to force the organization's hand and and that's their right but uh, as far as a team that some people thought had a legit chance in the east i i never believed they could get past boston milwaukee now you've added all the drama back that had kind of been wiped away at least for these last couple months and here we are again going into tomorrow into a game that seems far less important than the post-game press conference and what may or may not be said. Nick Ferdell with us on 95.7 The Game. He's an extraordinary talent. There's no denying that. He's an extraordinary headache. There is no denying that. An extraordinary player in Kevin Durant demanded a trade and we watched Brooklyn shut that down. Will they acquiesce in this instance, just to be rid of him once and for all? David, my guess as we sit here is still that they'll let this season play out. Uh, It would surprise me if they actually made the move because, as we know, this is not just, well, all right, you're getting rid of Kyrie and let's see what happens next few months. All of this is tied together. If I'm any NBA team, and and let's go specifically to the Bay. If I'm Bob Myers and Joe Lacob, and I see this Kyrie news pop up today, I'm on the phone with Sean Marks right now. And I'm saying, what does it take? What will it take for you guys uh, to, to trade us Kevin? Because if you get Kevin Durant, especially with all the flaws that we were talking about with the Warriors last week, and that have been apparent throughout the season, he fixes a whole hell of a lot of what's going on. So it's not just Kyrie. It's not as simple as saying, all right, well, we're going to move Kyrie because if you move Kyrie, the reality, especially in the short term, is, well, there goes your chance at any kind of title. It's gone. Well, it felt like today the most reaction uh, coming out of Brooklyn was simply, hey, this guy might have made the trade request, but more interest has come in on the other guy because Kevin Durant might be staying, all right, well then now get me the hell out of here. And you know, I was going to ask you if you thought the Warriors had a role to play in Durant's future or not, and it sounds like you kind of think they might. Uh, absolutely. If you're that front office and you see the flaws on this roster, Damon, you have to make that call. You have to see just what the Nets might be looking for. And that's why there are so many layers to this thing. Because the part that's not being discussed enough, at least in my opinion, being around this Nets team now day to day, is that Ben Simmons has been really, really bad. So if you are moving Kyrie, even for the next few months, and you're getting back whatever you get back, you're looking at Kevin Durant at the end of the season and you're saying, okay, well, <laughs> we've got Ben Simmons and, yeah, well, that, that, there's not much else going on and, and we'll see what happens. If they were to move Kyrie, what would happen with that slot? Uh, could they work out some kind of sign and trade? There are a lot of different other gymnastics that would have to go down, not just in the next few days, but going into the summer. But, Damon, 
this part is crucial to any conversation about Kyrie, Kevin, or whatever the Nets may do. Ben Simmons has not been good. They thought he would be better. He hasn't. And if you know that and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen down the line with your team, if you're Kevin Durant, you've got to be sitting there going, all right, I don't know if this is the place I want to be. So as you turn that forward, if you're Bob Myers, you're thinking, what would it take? And I do think there's still some some hope that if you're a Warriors fan, and certainly with Steph and Draymond still there, they know exactly what Kevin would bring. They know the level he's been playing at before he got injured this season, and they know if he were to appear in a season where I think we all agree there is no dominant team in the West, that would be fun as hell to watch uh, over the course of the next couple years. Okay, but let's turn this whole thing on its head because I've heard a you know, hundred people talking about you know what the Lakers could do with with Kyrie, what the what the Warriors or Dallas could do with Durant. I mean, just on and on and on. What would Brooklyn get out of either deal? Because it sounds to me like if they move to move Kyrie. They don't get any immediate help back, which is what Durant would want, which means all you've done is time release another trade demand from him. And if you move Durant, you know, Irving is essentially useless to them. So what is the deal that would satisfy Brooklyn other than, well, I'm just rid of the guy? Because if they do that, it seems to me, and you can answer this after I'm done bloviating, it seems to me if you move either one of those guys, you are essentially throwing the towel in on all of it. First of all, Ray, I agree with you. Because if you do, it's an acknowledgement. All right, we, we have no shot at a championship now. And I would tell you, I still think that's a mirage, even if you bring Kevin back. Because Simmons hasn't been the guy that you want him to be anyway. And the worst thing that can happen, aside from an injury in the NBA is a max player who's not living up to a max contract. That's what they got right now in Ben Simmons. As far as a deal for Kyrie that makes sense, to me, it's a deal that would include Simmons. You're getting Simmons off the books, and you're saying, okay, you can have Kyrie, but you got to take Simmons. And that would certainly include Russell Westbrook, and you've got to add a lot more to make the money work. But if I'm the Nets... I'm doing everything I can to get off that Ben Simmons contract because while there's still a chance that the talent is in there and maybe that he can come back and be close to the player we once saw, there is nothing that I've seen this year, guys, that would lead me to believe the consistency is still there. So if you're the Nets and the Lakers that keep calling and saying, we want Kyrie, we want Kyrie, I'd say, okay, well, you're taking Simmons too. So how do we make that work? As far as the Warriors go, if I'm if I'm that front office, I am doing everything that I can to to make a potential Kevin deal happen. Now, whether or not that could happen in the next few days, uh, only time will tell. There, I think that would still be a really big surprise because the Nets love Kevin Durant and they would love nothing more than to keep Kevin Durant and keep moving and building uh, going forward with him. But if you're Golden State, is there a chance that you can win the title still this year and get out of the the West? Sure. I think so, but I think we'd also all agree that they have been really inconsistent this season. The, the pieces just don't seem to match, certainly not like they did last year. And Kevin, for all the flaws in the relationship and how it all ended that last year in Oakland, is still one of the very best players ever. And not only that, would have a, a comfort level coming in with a bunch of guys he's played with and that coaching staff uh, from Kerr down that is is relatively still in place. So uh, I think there is a possibility of that happening. Maybe not again in the next couple days, but I wouldn't just write it off that it would never happen because there are a lot of proud people involved on a lot of levels there. Uh, and if you're Kevin and you're looking to ramp up your legacy still, that would allow you to go to a place and still compete for championships at a latter stage in your career. And, hey, he's always wanted. He's always been very impressed by Kenny Atkinson. You know, he. <laughs> uh, let's, just, let's just wrap up with this. Um, so 
you know, there's a lot of talk about the Lakers or maybe talking to the Jazz about Russell Westbrook. Would his expiring contract be enough to hit Brooklyn's books to where KD would be able to look down the road and say, all right, that'd be an expiring contract coming off, and maybe we can tinker around with that, and I'll, I'll, I'll wait through that. Damon, I don't think so. And I've learned long ago. when we, <laughs> We've been doing this for a few years now as far as the Kevin conversation goes. Only Kevin knows exactly what he thinks and exactly what he wants moving forward. What I can tell you, having been around both of these situations that we're talking about when he used to be with the Warriors and, and as he's with the Nets now, is the guy does want to win. If you're moving Kyrie, and even if you're getting Russ back and that's fraught, my question back to you or anybody that would ask about, all right, what could happen in the future is, okay, who's the guy that's coming to Brooklyn? Where is that guy who everybody goes, all right, uh, they can they can find a way to, to make it all work if this person, person X, appears here? I don't see it. I don't see this Brooklyn team having enough to where you think, all right, if they lose Kyrie but get back that spot, then you know something else could happen. I don't see that player available on the market. So uh, this is what makes this part of it fun. It's all the speculation and and what could happen down the line. But uh, I think we're we're all on the same page in this regard. If you're moving Kyrie you are running a very high risk of losing Kevin. And if you're going to be okay with that, if you're going to move Kyrie, I would move Simmons right there with him. Because at least if you're going to start over, start over all the way instead of trying to find some way to keep Kevin without Kyrie. That team isn't good enough, guys. Right. This team, as they're constructed, also isn't good enough, in my opinion. And that's why they are just stuck in a set of bad circumstances right now, especially given that this has now become public, and they've got to figure out what they're going to do before the deadline hits. I know Ray's got one more for you, and then i got one to wrap it up. we got Nick Ferdell here as we slip into our 4 o'clock hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.